This is the Business of College Sports podcast with your host, the founder of businessofcollegesports.com, Christy Dosh. Find her on Twitter and Instagram at sportsbizmiss. Thank you for joining the Business of College Sports podcast. I am Christy Dosh. Some of you know me better as the Sports Biz Miss, and this is episode one. I am so excited to be starting this podcast. As many of you know, I have been reporting on the business of college sports for more than a decade now. I started out while I was still a practicing attorney, didn't even do anything related to sports in that life, except that I blogged about the business of sports on the side, and that grew into writing for Forbes and then doing television for Comcast Sports Southeast, and after a couple of years, I joined ESPN. ESPN as their sports business reporter. Did that for a while. I'm back at Forbes now and have written for all sorts of other places along the way. But what I have found to be true, no matter where I'm writing, is that I love to write about the business of college sports. In fact, I even founded a website called businessofcollegesports.com, and I wrote a book called Saturday Millionaires that is all about how the business of college football works, from how the finances work to how pay-to-play might or might not work, Title IX issues, how one becomes an athletic director, you name it, if it is a about the business of college football. Hopefully it's in that book. The podcast is going to be an extension of all of that stuff that I have already done and am going to continue doing going forward. I know that many of you like to consume audio while you are driving to the office or while you're out for a run, or maybe like me, you like to listen to podcasts when you walk your dog. When I walk Georgia, the German Shepherd, my trusty companion, I listen to all sorts of podcasts about everything from sports to true crime and all of that trashy reality TV that I just can't get enough of. So I thought everyone else is doing a podcast. I might as well do one too. And what better to do it about than the business of college sports? I've had the amazing opportunity over the years to visit dozens of college campuses, to sit down with athletic directors and SIDs and folks in marketing and student athletes and talk about Not only the business of sports, but talk about things like careers in sports. And it's something I never get tired of talking about. So what better platform for me than a podcast where I can talk about it all incessantly? So I will be doing many of my podcast episodes as a extension of the pieces that I write for Forbes and on my Business of College Sports website and other places because often I can't fit all of the juicy goodness I have from the interviews that I do in the written pieces themselves. You know, I try to keep my written work to something like 800 to 1,000 words and Often, I have enough data and enough interviews to go on for 2,500 or 3,000 words. And I figure that that's a little easier for you to consume in audio format. So here I am. That is what the Business of College Sports podcast is going to be all about, is taking you on deep dives into the issues that I know matter to those of you who work in and around college sports. 
And if you're just a fan who loves knowing more about how the business of college sports works, then this is for you too. I'm going to pull back the curtain and give you access to so much of that information I've been able to glean being on campuses all the time because it truly did change how I view college sports. I didn't grow up a big college sports fan. I grew up a big Braves fan. I grew up in Atlanta. I remember when the Braves went from worst to first, and my dad and I sitting on the screened-in porch every night, eating dinner, watching the Braves on TBS. I mean, those are some of my fondest childhood memories. I continue to be a huge Braves fan, which is part of the reason that I don't write about baseball or the Braves. <laughs> For those of you who have been around sports and work in sports, you know that sometimes when it's your job, it's no longer something where you can just be a passive fan. And so a long time ago, I gave up writing about baseball, even though that's what originally got me into writing about the business of sports. And instead, I focused on the business of college sports. I write about college football most often, but definitely delve into other stories and into broader stories about how college athletics works. And that interest really came from going to the University of Florida for law school when the Gators were really on a winning streak. Urban Meyer, I think, arrived at UF the same year I did. Tim Tebow came the following year. They won one national championship while I was there. Another the year after I left, there were two basketball national championships while I was there. I wasn't raised a Gator, but it was awfully hard not to become a Gator after being around all of that. I went to a Division three school for undergrad, Oglethorpe University in Atlanta, and I always wondered what I was missing not being on a campus with big-time college football. Now, if you're from Oglethorpe and you're listening to this, I do not regret my decision to go to Oglethorpe at all. In fact, I would go there all over again. I think it's absolutely the experience that I was looking for for my undergraduate career, but... When it came time to go to law school, I knew I would enjoy going to law school on a big college campus in a small college town and seeing what big time college athletics was like up close. And I just happened to get to University of Florida at the absolute perfect time for that. So no doubt being at Florida during those years made me far more interested in learning about the business of college sports. But it wasn't until a few years later when I began writing for Forbes my first time at Forbes that I started delving into the financial side of college athletics. And I remember that I wrote a piece that was about how schools in the Big Ten compared to one another financially. And I'll never forget that I got an email from the CFO at Ohio State, who at that time was Ben Jay. And he told me that he'd like to have a call with me. And I remember thinking that I knew how this call was going to go. He was going to tell me how great my piece was because it was doing really well. I was getting a ton of views. I was getting good feedback on Twitter about it. People loved it. And then I got on the phone with Ben Jay and Ben Jay did not love it, my friends. <laughs> and that is all my fault. It's because I did not know what I was talking about back then. And Ben took the time with me to sit there for a very long phone call and many phone calls that would come to be after that and explain to me how to read the financial reports I was looking at from schools and not only how to read them, but he made me understand that there are certain questions I have to ask 
before I talk about an athletic department's finances, because the way that Ohio State reports something isn't necessarily the same way that Michigan reports something. It might be in a different category. They might have completely different situations. For example, there are quite a few schools where the athletic department receives a tuition waiver from the university, meaning they essentially don't have to pay that upcharge for an out-of-state student. So just to keep the numbers easy, look, people, I went to law school because I'm not great at math. So to keep the numbers easy, let's say in-state tuition is $15,000 and out-of-state tuition is $20,000. That $5,000 difference many athletic departments receive a tuition waiver for just that portion so that essentially they're paying for all of their student athletes as in-state students. Well, for my friends who don't work in athletic departments, let me just tell you that when you're looking at a financial statement for an athletic department, it is going to show that as revenue under direct institutional support. Direct institutional support has become a term that is uh, a dirty word. It's like one of those four-letter words, except it's not. It's much longer than that. (laughs) But it has the same impact. Reporters often write about direct institutional support, and they talk about how universities are subsidizing athletic departments, and it's this ugly, dirty thing. But what those of you in the industry know is that there are often things included in that direct institutional support number that aren't actually money passing between the athletic department and the university or vice versa. In fact, those tuition waivers, which are really in my, uh, you know, my uh, uneducated, um, you know, beginner math brain, that's a reduction in expenses. However, on that financial report, it is reported as revenue. So as a newbie sports business reporter, I got that wrong. And I got plenty of other things wrong, too. But I was lucky enough that Ben Jay called me up and had the time and the patience to walk through a financial statement with me and to begin to teach me the questions I needed to ask athletic departments so that my reporting could be as accurate as possible. And that has served me incredibly well over the last decade. I became ESPN sports business reporter for a couple of years. I have written for SB Nation, Sports Business Journal, Bleacher Report. I've even written for Golf Digest. (laughs) I have written for outlets all over the place. I've been on television. I've done what probably amounts to hundreds of radio interviews at this point. And so much of that knowledge started from that conversation with Ben Jay. So Ben, if you are listening to this, just know what an immeasurable impact you have made on my career and on my understanding of the business of college sports. And without that knowledge, there's no doubt in my mind, I wouldn't have a book on the business of college football. I wouldn't be running a website called businessofcollegesports.com. And I probably wouldn't still be covering the business of college sports 10 years later. So this podcast is going to be a product of the conversations I've had with people like Ben Jay, who have taught me what they know about college athletics, people who work in athletic departments, people who work in the marketing firms and architecture firms that provide services for athletic departments, people who work at the NCAA, people who work at places like IMG and Learfield who've taught me about the licensing side. 
student athletes who've taken the time to sit down with me and talk about their experiences, attorneys who've represented student athletes in everything from name, image, and likeness cases to Title IX cases. I like to think that I have talked to most of the key players over the last decade in and around college athletics. And my position as a reporter at ESPN and the time I've had at Forbes, both before and after ESPN, has warranted or afforded me access to these people that I think the average fan doesn't have access to. And even those of you who work in and around college athletics, you know, it's easy to live in your own little bubble, to live in a vacuum. I have conversations all the time with administrators who ask me things about other athletic departments, about how other people handle situations or inventive and creative things that they're doing. And I'm able to share that knowledge I get from being on so many campuses. And so my hope with this podcast is that I'm able to provide you more in-depth information on the topics I'm already writing on, bring on some experts you maybe haven't had the chance to speak with or to meet and share their knowledge with you so that everyone can start making both better business decisions and better professional development decisions for themselves. I am so excited to be a part of this industry, even if on the periphery as someone who reports on the industry. And I'm really looking forward to the interviews that I have lined up and some of the topics I have coming for you. I can give you a little sneak peek and tell you that here in the early episodes of the podcast, we are going to hit on name, image, and likeness because that is a hot topic right now with California having passed its Fair Pay to Play Act and with the many other state laws uh, that are being proposed. The NCAA is working on its legislation. Perhaps even the federal government's going to get involved. And it is a topic I am fascinated by. I've already written several pieces for Forbes and for Entrepreneur Magazine and also for my Business of College Sports website on this topic. So I can tell you that some of the early episodes are definitely going to do deeper dives on those topics, but we're going to have some fun along the way. It can't be all these heavy, heavy topics. So I hope that I've got some fun things to bring your way around college athletics. And the way that I want to end each episode is by bringing you some business or professional development advice. Many of you probably know that I own my own personal branding agency. I work primarily with uh, nonfiction authors and with solo entrepreneurs to establish themselves as experts in their niche. My clients are in industries all across the map. I have no sports clients. Try to keep that part of my life separate. So I have this personal branding agency that is now going on five years old. And I have learned so much through running my own business. Uh, As I said, I was previously with ESPN. And before that, I practiced law for nearly five years. So at the end of every episode, I am going to do a fun little segment where I share something that's happened recently in my business or just in my professional life that perhaps you can take something from and apply to your own professional life or your own business. And if you've got things 
You're thinking right now, gosh, I hope Christy covers this topic. I want you to let me know what those things are because I want this podcast to bring you the information you're looking for, the stuff you've wished you always knew about the business of college sports or about working in and around college athletics. I want to bring you the answers. So you let me know. You can reach out to me, Christy at ChristyDosh.com, and hopefully I can get you answers on a future episode. If you want to follow me on social media, the best place to find me is on Twitter, where I am at SportsBizMiss. That's M-I-S-S at the end. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm Sports Business on all of those. Follow me anywhere, everywhere, maybe not in person, but on social media, feel free to follow me anywhere and everywhere and reach out if you have feedback or you want to propose something for a future episode. And as we get going, I hope you feel comfortable subscribing to this podcast and reading and reviewing. I know that that is the best way to get the word out about the podcast, and I hope that you will help me do that. I am looking forward to this journey with you. Thank you for tuning in and I will have a full episode here for you very shortly, my friends. Thank you and have a great week.